think. Um, uh, yeah, so... Um, we'll just get into it like that, and then we'll go on from there. Sure. I think that's all we really need, because you're awesome at, at doing this. You know what you want to share. No, So of course. take this opportunity to sure. share about whatever you want, like about how great your projects went, what you're doing now, the next time you're having a you know, a show, everything, anything like that, okay? Sure. No, absolutely. Um, I think I can't... I, I can't... Uh, I, I can't Get away from Shakespeare. Shakespeare sort of follows me everywhere I go, you know? Um, I like that. You should say that. Okay, so, I'm going to start you off, and okay. then you're going to start that, you, say that. You tell me. Okay. So today is an exciting day for me, especially. I'm here with fans because I'm on the phone all the way in L.A. with Rich Kenyon. <laughs> and I, a lot of people who follow this podcast do know who Rich Kenyon is because he was a veteran director and say producer in Calgary that started the Shakespeare uh, theater and it's still withstanding in Calgary and he's now in Los Angeles doing the same he loves Shakespeare so much <laughs> so Rich hi how are you I'm good how are you doing I'm so glad we actually got to sit for two seconds and chat because I don't even know all the crazy stuff that's going on with you. So this interview today is going to be following with the fans and we're all learning together about all the crazy things that you've been up to since you've moved to L.A. in the last uh, seven years, six, seven years. Well, you know what? And it's funny you should say that because... Uh in in one week we have will have been here for five years so our okay. fifth, fifth year anniversary of uh of being down in la and it has been uh such a, an amazing amazing experience so far well you're living the dream rich we're all watching you because <laughs> i'll tell them a backstory of how we met sure yeah i had when we had come down to la we randomly met you through and it was a very like, hey, you should meet this guy. And it was through Josh uh, Emerson. That's right, yeah, through Josh. Calgary, yeah, a Calgary star or whatnot, an actor. Yeah. And we had seen him, and I, I don't know what had happened, but we, we didn't know anybody there. So when we had seen Josh, we were so happy to see him, and then you were chatting with him, or you were on your whizzing your way out, and it was like... It was the fates of God putting us together to connect. Yeah. Because I, I don't even chat with Josh that much anymore. I'm always wishing him well, of course. Yeah, yeah. But now that he, he had connected us, we've stayed friends for over four or five years, I believe. Three years at least. That's right, yeah. And, and uh, you kind of were our, our in, so to speak, quote unquote. <laughs> we've connected you with I can't count how many people from our network have come to visit you in LA. Absolutely. Have called you for advice, have been on your past radio show. Yeah. Have messaged you scripts. Like it's just unbelievable how people gravitate to you, Rich. Well, you know what? I first I want to thank you for for um, you know for getting the word out and for doing these great podcasts that you do. Um, as a oh. Canadian, you know, I, I think it's important and. Um, I remember that uh, that night that that uh, we were introduced, and it was, uh, you know, 
I was done. I was finished. I was going home. And then my Canadian radar kind of picked up a little bit. And uh, <laughs> I was like, there's Josh. And, and then we met. And, uh, and it, was, it was so great. Um, you know, as Canadians, we got to stick together when we're down here. And uh, that part of it I, I absolutely love. It's, it so is. Um, and to that point, I'm directing a production of, uh, of Shakespeare's Much Ado About Nothing. And we're super excited. It goes up in, in two weeks on the 15th and 16th of February. Um, but it is largely a Canadian cast of actors, which is absolutely insane. Like, it's so, so crazy that it's just people that I know of or that I know or who I met through a friend. And uh, <laughs> they're all Canadians. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, you've, you've kept your connections. I have. A lot of people that I meet always say, oh, you're going to go to L.A. and forget all of us. And you are an example of that actually you're a Canadian that's bringing Canadians together. Yeah. That's pretty special because people don't know all the time where to go when they go to L.A. And I do. I direct people directly to you. Yeah. I say, you should talk to Rich. He's very well respected. He was connected with Alberta up here. You know, if you need some advice, he'll give you, you know, a little bit of his time. But any any longer than that, you got to pay him. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? You're, you're, you're absolutely right. And um, I, I have been very fortunate in my career so far to have worked with people and to meet people um, from Canada that kind of um, were very helpful to me and very supportive to me. Uh, and I couldn't have got down here to the States without um, a number of, of character references and work references that I had from some top, top names in, in the Alberta film and, and TV industry. So um, forever, I am, am linked back to Canada and, and specifically to Calgary, which I'm, I'm so proud of. And um, if somebody wants to talk or have a cup of coffee or, or, or whatever, I can, I can help in any way that I possibly can from, you know, the ins and outs to getting a really amazing immigration attorney, which I have, or when you get here, uh, how do you buy health insurance? Where do you get a cell phone? Can you open a bank account without a, uh, you know, without a, a social security number? Um, I have these answers. So. Yeah, you do. <laughs> and that's the kind of stuff people don't really share uh, that detailed ever in interviews. I've never even really been able to talk to somebody about sharing that information because it is it's something that each person has to go through the steps it takes over like a year to even get all these applications in that's right so but there are a lot of people in canada calgary vancouver toronto that just like you had to do the move it wasn't even an option at that point that you got driven through life and your your channels and connections that you ended up moving to la because you were doing it so big you had to venture or whatnot no you're so right yeah yeah no you're so right and um for me it was um you know the unfortunate demise of, of white iron productions which at the time when it died and i think it died in 12 or 13 2012 or 2013 i think it was um you know for me it was okay so now what it's the this is i'm working for you know like the the biggest production house in western canada and what are my options? What else can I do? And, you know, you get to a point in life where you go, 
I need to make a change. I need to to make a, a huge change. And at that time, my business partner was down here, and um, he introduced me to you know this amazing, amazing uh, immigration attorney, and, and the rest is history. When I tell this story, I always like to say, if it wasn't for the tragically hip, I wouldn't be down here. And how? What I mean by that is that. Quite seriously, my business partner at the time, um, Kent Speakman, who I'm forever in his debt, he was at a concert at, I think it was at Staples, and, you know, enjoying Tragically Hip as you do, and just having a great time, uh, goes out to get a drink, bumps into this guy, and this guy's like, oh, sorry about that, and he's like, oh, are you enjoying the, the, uh, the concert? And he's like, oh, yeah, it's great realizes that he's another Canadian by the sound of his voice and goes, oh, what are you doing down here? They t- they have a back and forth, and he- that guy introduces Kent to um, to what would eventually be my uh, immigration attorney. So it's, it's wow. really... It's That's really, like us. Like, yeah. How I randomly met you, and now we've kept our connection and, and, and going to be doing more things together. That's what? That's, yeah. People need to be very open to connection. Because you never oh, know. I, I meet a yeah. lot of people that are like so aggressive to, well, if they're not the person I need, I'm not going to bother to talk to them and all this kind of attitude. And I'm like, if you go with organic, sometimes it works out too. Yeah, you know, exactly. And I, I think it's safe to say in life, you don't really know who everybody else knows. So you may think you do, but we all have those people that we've connected to in, in various parts of of our work that you go... Yeah, I, I could introduce you to that person, or you should connect to this person. Um, I, I think that's that's that was one of the most important things that I wanted to do. I wanted to move down here, and I wanted to move my family down here, but I also wanted to make sure that um, I was open and saying yes to everything and anything that came my way. And uh, I, I think it's a healthy a healthy attitude to have, you know. Well, most people that I interview do not spend the most part of the first part of the interview talking about how they can help others. <laughs> so that in itself makes you very special to us and to people who are listening. They're going to know that, you know what, there are good people out there that aren't just about helping themselves or whatnot, but making a project in itself helps so many people. It does. So I love filmmakers and people behind the scenes the most because Mm -hmm. without them and their dream and pushing that and wanting to help others and give them a job, essentially, um, nothing moves forward and the connectivity, willingness is everything because there's... We're all just people sitting here having a dream. Yeah. But without us helping each other, it doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. But there's a Calgary mentality that I've heard many times that say, like, a, a, we're crabs in the bucket, that the crabs keep bringing, wanting them to stay in Calgary or whatever. Interesting. So it's hard to leave Calgary, I've, I've noticed, for a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, and it, it was... You don't want to lose them. Yeah. You, you don't. And um, I remember talking with um, a friend of mine years ago, um, and he's a, a very famous uh, Canadian DP. His name is uh, Craig Robleski. And um, he was an Alberta shooter, and he worked on uh, Heartland forever and ever, and amongst all sorts of other things. But we, we ended up talking a little bit about that, about what is, you know, we, we talk about 
moving out to, to finding different places and different cultures, but what is the the culture of Canada? And, you know, it's the people, right? It's, um, yeah. it's, it, that's the most important part of a culture. And if you, you can't, I don't think you can jettison that as soon as you move somewhere. No, you, you carry that with you. You take that with you. And, um, Your you know, ways. Uh, yeah, I think that it's too easy to go. No, no, I'm not going to do that. I, I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to share anything. And, um, feel safe. Yeah. If I'd done that, I would never have met you. I would never have met uh, Kevin Davey, who we both love, who's like the greatest guy ever. And so many more people, you know, we would never have met these people because we wouldn't have been open to that. Um, So yeah, at that point. That's that's, cool. You're like that, Rich. There's not many people that I know that are like that to the extent that you are that you like yeah will take time out you'll drive out an hour to see somebody like it's just unbelievable that there are people like that in the world still so i'm so glad that we know you <laughs> no and, and you know what i had those those people that did that for me that went the extra mile um mike shields who's a composer in calgary who is yeah, is well a, a, a great friend um he did that for me. He he helped me any way he could. Uh, Grant Harvey, uh, a director yeah. um, who's in, Van- in in Toronto right now. But, um, you know, Grant would have done anything to, to get me on a set. And he did. And I was on a lot of the sets that he worked on. And um, he was open to sharing. He was just like, there it is, dude. There's the camera. If you want to look behind the camera, if you have any questions, ask. And, um, you know, and since then we've become really, really good friends. Um but it was because yeah, he did Orphan Black. Yeah, he's, he's, he's very sh- well known here. Oh yeah, well he sh- yeah. shot all sorts of stuff. Um, yeah, so he's you know those two guys in particular, and there's many many more, but um, guys that I, I I connect on Instagram, and we just even if it's like hey how are you, and you know uh, we we keep that that friendship close, and I remember what they did for me, and I, I it's important that I pass that on to others because. Um, you know, as we said, it's too easy to sit back and go. You know what? I'm not gonna. Uh, I'm not gonna help you here. It's it's easier for me to do that than yeah, it is to go. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'll drive an hour and we'll meet. We'll have a coffee for for thirty minutes or whatever. And um, it's been a hit and miss sometimes. The people I send you. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while. Hey, it's a miss, no, no. <laughs> you know what? It um, no. It's it's all good. And and uh, yeah. you know. We, we learn about that more and, um, you know, again, you're, you're just trying to keep those, those connections that you have. And, and I think it's, uh, it's super important to do that as best you can, as, you know, if you can. Uh, if you if, can. If, if I you know, because to, most right? people don't have that mindset. So it's not even like a topic usually I, t- I chat with about people. But segueing into that, sure. the Canadians that you have hired for your new production <clears throat> for Shakespeare, yeah. uh, we want to know everything about it, where people can go and watch the, the theater production, where sure. people can uh, hear about it on the site, more about why you created it. Um, well, it's uh, it, it's kind of a funny story. Uh, <laughs> Um, two years, three, no, two years we'd been here and, um, we were going for a drive and my mother-in-law, uh, we were in Pasadena and my mother-in-law said, oh, look at that old building. And on the side of the building, it said it was the Shakespeare club. And I thought, oh, I gotta be part of that. So 
went home, Googled them, and uh, up it came. And I, you know, I read that it was a, a, an all-women's Shakespeare club. And I thought, okay, well, I'm not a woman, <laughs> but I love Shakespeare. <laughs> um, yeah, you wish you were. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so how can I, is there some way I can get involved? Sent the email, heard nothing. A week went by, sent another email, heard nothing. Sent another email. And the, the, the uh, vice president at the time, now the president, she said, um, you do realize we're an all-women's Shakespeare club. So I was like, I, I know that, but I just like to, to join in. And, and I, I have a passion for Shakespeare that I've had my whole life. And I wonder, you know, if we could, you know, if I could just, just join. So they brought me in. <laughs> so they they <laughs> they brought me in uh, and, you know, the first meeting they said, okay, you can be in the Shakespeare club, but you have to do, you have to perform. So um, I went and I, I uh, dressed up as, as uh, Mark Antony from uh, Antony and Cleopatra and uh, I performed I this, uh, <laughs> this speech um, that I was so happy with and, and uh, they knew I was serious from that point on. So it was like, oh, this is great. And um, so, yeah, I've been there. they made you audition to be a part of the group? They, you know what? They, wow. I, I think they would say they would say they did. And, and uh, you know, I was, oh, I was okay with great. that. I was totally okay with that. Um, because I wanted to, to relate my passion to uh, the work that I have of Shakespeare and, and uh, that, I was, that I was serious. I wasn't messing around. It wasn't just something I wanted to put on my resume and go, yeah. yeah. <laughs> to to, to meet, meet girls of, of 70 plus. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yes. So it was, <laughs> so it was, you know, it was, uh, it was hilarious. And, um, I've, I've been in the club now three years, but in the start of last year, I said, look, I want to, I want to try something. I want to do, um, a one hour staged reading of a different Shakespeare play, uh, one a month. So, that we can do um, the entire canon of Shakespeare plays. There's 36 that are in the in Shakespeare's first folio, the first printing, the first complete works. Uh, would you let me do that? And they said yes. So last year we did uh, 12 readings. We did 12 separate plays with members of the uh, of the Shakespeare Club, and I'm teaching them how this stuff works, how to, to act this stuff, how to tell the story. So, oh, it's so hard, isn't it? It, it yeah. Ooh, it the can, meaning of it just. Yeah. Yeah. It can be, uh, you know, it can certainly be challenging, but, um, so we started doing that. And then, uh, my buddy, Brandon Furla, who, uh, Canadians will know he's a Canadian actor, but he was in, um, little mosque on the prairie. He was the oh. uh, he was the uh, the white uh, preacher that comes into town. So he was on that show for five or six years. Anyway, he's down here, and um, we said we were talking, and he said, "Oh, I want to. I'd love to do a show." And I'm like, "Yeah, well, we should do Much Ado and just do a short version of it, and we'll do it in the ballroom, and we'll hire as many of our friends that can do it for free, and we'll do it for a charity, just off the cuff, oh. as you do." And so 
he ran with it and said, I know a perfect um, charity that we can couple with that would love this. And that charity is based in, in Pasadena. And they're called um, College Access Plan. And they're uh, a nonprofit agency or charity that works primarily with kids that want to go to college but just simply don't have the money to do so. Um, so there was a, literary, a literacy aspect to it, which I really, really liked. And um, I said, sure, let's, let's do this. And so we reached out to all of our friends. And um, as I said, we have a 90%, 90 cast of Canadian actors that are based down here. So it's, it's absolutely insane. It's, uh, but it's so much fun. Um, we have uh, Ryan Belleville, who's a, who's a Calgary guy, who um, his, his mom, Donna Belleville, is a, is a big-time Canadian actress. Uh, Christian Brun, who was in Orphan Black. <clears throat> and he was in that for 40 episodes. So, you know, he was, he was he's great. Um, Joe Dinicol, who was in, uh, on the CW show Arrow. He played, uh, he didn't play Arrow, but he plays, you know, one of the supporting characters. Um, all sorts of actors. Grace Lynn Kung, who worked with Judith Thompson, the playwright, but has done all sorts of movies. Um, yeah, my friend Alana, who I went to, uh, we went to college together. We both went to UFC. And um, so it's just been this wow. wonderful kind of, you know, group of, of crazy Canadians that are like, yeah, let's do some Shakespeare and let's, let's do it. And um, so we're performing uh, February 15 and 16 um, at the Shakespeare Club in Pasadena. And they have this beautiful old ballroom. Um, and the villa where we're performing used to be a convalescent hospital during World War II. So for wounded American soldiers, um, they would kind of ship them back to, to Pasadena just to recoup and get better and then ship them out from there. So um, okay. we've, we've set the play in World War II as a convalescent hospital. So uh, it's a really neat blend of the, the play's idea and the venue's idea kind of mashing together. And um, we're very, very excited. Full costume uh, we have a, a, a live piano player who's she's going to play all the way through and um, songs from the period. Uh, it, it's just going to be a, a super fun night and it's only two performances. So um, it's a pilot project for us to see, A, if audiences really like it, if they connect to it, which we, we hope that they will, uh, and B, um, how much money can we raise when we do a fundraiser that's basically um, a one-night gala. So uh, we're... We're really excited. It's um, who are you inviting to come out to it? I bet you could get some pretty cool people yeah. and Josh even to come out and support. Yeah, absolutely. So you know anybody and, and everybody that's in the um, uh, in the Pasadena area uh, during the um, Valentine's Day weekend. So uh, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's it's super exciting. But you know, its purpose is is even bigger than just the the works of Shakespeare. It's that. Um, that we get to give something back to this organization that um, is helping kids to get an education. And um, there's nothing better to educate kids, I think, than a great production of Shakespeare. Yes. So. You know, Canadians love Shakespeare, I think, because we're taught it quite a bit when we're young. Yes. In schools and through our, our, our parents. I'm not so sure anymore this 
upcoming generations of people who are having kids now, but definitely within our generation, just it was so ingrained in us to be hearing these stories. Yeah, it was. And and they're such, they're so, uh, you know, so amazing and and relevant, these stories. And uh, I think that that's why Shakespeare plays are still with us is because, um, you know, they have a, a, a real reflection or a real resonance to the modern world of what we're going through and uh, and I think that that's that's a wonderful a wonderful thing so so, so yeah why are you so obsessed with Shakespeare <laughs> like tell we want to know a little bit from somebody who's a connoisseur about Shakespeare <laughs> who Shakespeare was and why you idolize him and why you keep his works alive with what you do like you yeah. are a Canyon Shakespeare <laughs> You know, it feels like that, I think, sometimes. Um, but for me, it was, you know, uh, one of those things that I was in 11th grade in high school in Calgary at Sir Winston Churchill. And, you know, I was a jock and kind of, you know, that guy and played football and soccer. Really? and oh, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're the nicest guy ever. <laughs> and... Uh, you know, it was it was like October of 11th grade and um, everybody was worried because the next unit that we were going to study in English was Shakespeare. And everybody was like, Shakespeare's the hardest thing ever. It's impossible to understand. You'll never get it. And yeah. I, I, you know, whatever. I didn't, I don't know. I wasn't, at that point, I was completely indifferent to it. I didn't really know either way. So um, the teacher said, okay, uh, her name was Donna Mangoni. And a little short Italian woman with black hair. And uh, she said, yeah, we're going to be studying uh, Macbeth next week. So come to class just a a minute early and uh, have a special surprise for you. So it was like, okay, whatever. So we get there and um, we're waiting outside the classroom. The classroom door is closed. She comes out, opens the door. Uh, The room's pitch black. And there is a candelabra in the middle of the room. And... We all file in, circle around. She closes the door and she proceeds to recite the first scene in Macbeth, which is with the witches. And at the end of it, something had changed for me in a way that I still can't really understand it, except for the fact that um, I use the image that when you turn a tap on, you have water. And that was the thing for me. I kind of understood. You like that storytelling, I think. The yeah. way he tells it as well, it's, it's quite different from anything that's done nowadays. Yeah. 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 I can't describe, describe it, though. No, and for me, it was a wonderful thing that I started to get, and I wanted more of it. And so I then jumped into drama, and I did the musical for the first year in 11th grade, and... I'd found something that was so incredibly surprising to me. I didn't know this. I didn't think I was going to be an actor or a director. I had no idea. And that moment was seismic for me. It, it, uh, it shifted everything around in my head. And I couldn't, couldn't get enough. And Do you I'm, love reading Shakespeare? You love acting it? And you love teaching it? I do. What else can you do? And watching it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, it, it's it's just for me it it uh, 
you know, there's a great quote by, I can't, I can't remember the name of the person, but they said, um, I go to the newspapers to get the news. I go to Shakespeare to understand it. And it's like, wow, that, that quote for me was everything. Like it just, that's just how I think. Um, you know, I, I, everything that I have in my, my, my soul when it comes to Shakespeare is uh, because of the, you get a teacher that is able to connect to you and amazing, amazing things can happen. And I wasn't looking for that. I wasn't looking for a teacher. As I said, I was going to be a jock and I was going to play sports and, you know, do all of that stuff and didn't really get interested in school until that moment until early oh, okay. in 11th grade. And then um, my English mark went through the roof. <laughs> it just did. It was, it, it was, and then I was, in, the teachers would introduce more plays to me and say, oh, Shakespeare wrote this play. You should read that. And we're going to study Othello. And wow, what's Othello about? I didn't even know, know what that play was I about. Othello and Macbeth. I had yeah. to do both monologues from that in drama class and oh it was such an interesting class I was terrible at it Complete, I was a shit at it <laughs> but it, it was a lot of fun like I can see why you you like it yeah because it's a different kind of like look it's like a looking into a window of what like life and your mentality and thinking and how speaking is yeah. to each other communication is very hey how's it going good see you later bye it's very you know what i mean there's no emotion put behind it with everything with with what i know how shakespeare would talk is he would share how he felt about the person and like, and like all of everything that was going on with what he's saying yeah like the, you know yonder your window breaks like you try to like you know yeah, you try yeah. to get her to come out the window and like talk to her like <laughs> With the guy talking behind because he's horrible with the words. Like, it's so, like, everything he, all the stories he made. Yeah. I swear to God are recreations in now these modern day movies. It's so true. Yeah, Shakespeare's, I think so. yeah, yeah. Shakespeare's with us, you know, on so many, so many different levels. And, um, yeah, I, I, anybody who wants to hear, I'll, I'll talk about Shakespeare, but I, uh, I get that it's not everybody's cup of tea, but, um, well, people say he was kind of weird, you know? you know, with uh, always talking about young women and stuff back in his era. So that was always a weird thing that I heard about him. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, uh, and there that was, was that era, I think. There were no uh, women. <laughs> yeah, there were, and uh, women weren't even allowed to be on the stage back in the Elizabethan times. So there were yeah. these young boys that were dressed as women, and uh, you know it. Uh, it doesn't matter. I think to me, it's the fact that we have these plays that uh, that still have a power in you know the 21st century. Um, that's extraordinary to me. 400 and some years later, yeah, uh, we have these. He's very smart man. These, these works and yeah, and could articulate the human experience in ways uh, that you go, oh my gosh, you know how to talk about hate and love and fear and joy and passion and jealousy and resentment in a way that to me no other no other playwright can do as well you know so So with your work how do you do your writings and your directing and putting projects together let's get more into that sure um how do you choose choose to what to film how do you choose what to write how does that all come about for you 
Well, you know, I'm always hunting for good stories and good people. So if you can find, you know, a mashup of those two, good people, good story, I think that that makes the journey to to making something, especially on film, um, that much more exciting for me. Um, You know, after coming out of the the corporate commercial world for so long uh, and being very, you know... um, uh, I, I really had to, to listen to what our clients had to say and I needed to, uh, they were they were the boss and I was just working for them. Um, that has its right. place, for sure that has its place and, and that'll pay the bills and you know kind of get you through. But um, there are those times when you go, look, I want to do something that, that I'm passionate about, that I'm really connected to. Um, and so the first piece I ever did was back in 2001, uh, which is crazy so long ago. And um, it was a piece called Insomniac, and it was about a guy who can't sleep, that tries everything to get to sleep, um, with a little twist at the end. So I, uh, I wrote this short film and uh, applied for a, uh, a contest at William F. White that was like your first, first show, it was called. So if you had never directed anything on film, but... You wanted to, you would just send in a proposal, and, and if they said yes, they would give you um, a camera and uh, a digital camera, and they would give you uh, a package truck for the for a couple of days. So it was like a huge thing. Wow! If you win that, it's like winning twenty five thousand dollars worth of equipment and gear. So I won it, which was shocking to me. And um, we got the call January two thousand one, and they said you got to shoot this. So we're like, oh, and that was my. back in Calgary. That was in Calgary, yeah. So I, uh, I reached out to, to my friends and said, look, does somebody know a, a director of photography that we could talk to? And they said, oh, you got to meet Craig. And, and this was when Craig was just starting his career, and he was my DP on that, uh, on that short. So um, we shot it in two days, and uh, I shot it without sound as a kind of a, a, a silent film. That was really important to me. And um, then we put it together. It was the first time that the HD camera, the Panasonic Panavision camera, had been used in Canada. Uh, We were the first to use it. So we were shooting high definition, 1080p, when everything in the world at that point was still 480p. And widescreen wasn't a thing. And, you know, it was crazy years before the the iPhones coming any of that stuff so it was it was nuts it was absolutely crazy and my my dailies were on VHS videotapes <laughs> wow has has film changed in the last decade oh my gosh wow. has it ever yeah so now i mean that's it's not even a thing but um so yeah we pieced this thing together and we uh we put it up for uh, for Rosie Awards, and it was nominated for three uh, Rosie Awards, Cinematography, Editing, and Music, and uh, it won for Best Music. So my, wow. my buddy Mike Shields and, and uh, Jan, Arden's, yeah. Yeah, Jan Arden's guitarist, Russ Broom, the two of them did it. So Russ and, and Mike did the music, and... Uh, Oh, what a thrill. Absolutely a thrill to be launched into to that world and, and go into the, the Rosies as a, a first-time nominated, you know, artist was extraordinary. And to, to meet your heroes, I think Leslie Nielsen 
um, God rest his soul. He was the uh, the host, and, and I got to meet him and get a picture taken with him. And um, so it was that yeah, it was a, a wonderful kind of beginning for me. Um, but I knew that I was it was always story first, and it was always uh, you know to work with the right people. And throughout my life, I've leapfrogged back and forth from theater to movies to theater to movies to theater to movies, and um, I like that. I like that. I think it makes me a better one makes me a better director in the other medium and so forth. Um, and it's never boring. It's never, okay, you know, never boring. <laughs> what is the difference between directing plays and even doing them and TV? What's like the obvious no camera difference, but what, what would you say is the difference of the feel of your work when you're doing that? Well, that's a, that's a great question. Um, I think... I think it comes down to to preparation. You probably have to prepare more when you're shooting than you do in the theater. In the theater, you can allow rehearsal to be a little bit more organic uh, just because you have longer time with the actors. Sometimes I'll shoot something and I only have a day with these actors or even less sometimes. So that's hard. Um, so you have to know... You gotta know what you want to capture um, in those twelve or fifteen hours that you're working with that person. Um, so it's, I think it's you have to work quicker in film and television. Um, but my heart is theater. I love theater. I do. I love watching an actor, you know, learning lines and and to to think about the lines and then to articulate. And then to learn the lines and then the performance of the show. Uh, and then as the director coming back, once the show is about to close a couple of weeks or a couple of months later, um, you really see the evolution of that idea of actor and story and how they intertwine, which, which is great. But having said that, um, the immediacy of film is, is extraordinary. You can go, I got that shot. We got that moment that's going to live forever, right? And whether it's a short film or whether it's a, a commercial or a corporate piece, um, it's, a, it's a, a lovely way of, of working uh, both ways. And, and um, when I've ever worked too long in one of, in too long in theater or too long in film, I always then go, okay, so at the end of the year, I gotta, I've got to do a play or I've got to shoot, you know, an episode of, of oh, a webisode of, of something uh, just to, to shake things up because I feel like um, you can do that. You can do that with both. So you have both. Um, I, I don't know if I answered the question, but I think the process of theater I love, but the immediacy of working with a film actor I also love. And uh, there's nothing better when they strike it and go, yeah, we got it. Okay, we're moving on. Um, that's, a, that's a wonderful that's feeling. That's very cool. Yeah. So that's what you're focused on right now. That's good to hear that. I've been, we've been trying to connect to chat about what's going on in, in others' careers or whatnot for a while. And yeah. it's like, I didn't realize how busy you are. Every day you're prepping and how much, how many people you have that you're supporting like wow yeah it's um it is that but again and this sounds like a broken record and feel free to edit this out but uh it's, <laughs> it's the, you know it's the people it really is the people if you're a jerk good luck trying to find those people around you 
Um, if yeah. you're if you're open to any and all experiences, uh, you can do some incredibly wonderful things, and um, and that that I think is at the heart of of what I do and all of the work that I do, is is that very thing is uh, it's the people and the story, and if you get a combination of both, uh, amazing things can happen. They really can. Well, that's so true. You've you've done your own radio shows, your own projects. You've been on, you know, you've met Ch- Chelsea Handler for yes. Oh you've my gosh, a lot of big things with your career. That you're not that much into photos and posting them. No, but I'm you're. Not. Uh, <laughs> we always follow your Instagram and how you're kind of. <laughs> you've been at some really big things like Ready Player One. Uh, oh my gosh! You saw Spielberg there. Like, what was that like? Oh my gosh! I was oh. I was three feet from the master, and um, <laughs> my buddy Byron interviewed him, and I was on my phone shooting over Byron's shoulder, and um, I, I don't even know, I don't even know what to say. It was it was. I mean, he's the isn't he the best? I think he's the he's best. The king. I think he's, he's, the, he's king. the king that's done it consistently. So amazing for so long. And uh, I could have, that was a year and a half ago. I could still be there listening to him, you know, what, what words of wisdom he had. But um, that was super fun. Ready Player One was uh, was a, a great experience. And we went to the after party. We met like Simon Pegg and Vince Vaughn and... Um, oh my and goodness. um, you're cool, you're no. so cool. You're like the coolest <laughs> Canadian that I know. Oh my god, well, Good my for you, Rich, my, you're my, out there and really living the dream. Like, yeah. so many of us think that that's what we want, or think, you know, I wish I could be this person out there in LA because there's a huge call for being in Los Angeles to be that professional and have that highest view of an artist or whatnot. Yeah. But it's like you're actually doing it, and it doesn't sound like it's that easy. So it, and it took quite a lot of steps and a whole life of building yourself up first and then and then getting there. Well, yeah. So we all yeah. make it in different ways and different timings as well. You know, and, it, it, yeah, it's it becomes... Um, you know, there are days where you go, wow, I miss Calgary. I miss my brother and, and my nephews. I miss those guys so much. And, um, yeah. you know, there are those, those hard days, like at Christmas time here. And I, and I know this is like first world problem, but, um, you know, we don't have ice or a frozen pond. And when I was in Calgary, every Christmas we would go and skate on the pond just near my brother's house. And, the you know the whole families would go and we'd play hockey and it was so much fun and um you don't get that here so i have to look at my pool and go oh dear <laughs> no i'm just kidding <laughs> oh i see <laughs> but i miss, i do miss that and um family is everything right it, yeah it is so we I, I totally get that yeah no it totally is it totally is so yeah, um, so you miss the cold here. All right. Well, sometimes. Anytime you want. <laughs> anytime. <laughs> it's been really cold here recently. It's a little bit better now, but it was, we had a heck of a snowstorm, as did most of Canada. Oh my gosh. We were under a bunch of snow for a bit. 
Oh my gosh, yeah. That part that part of it's hard. That part of it is really like, oh boy. But, but um, you get to live more of your days outside than you do in, when you're in Canada compared yeah. to Los Angeles. No, because yeah. we hibernate. <clears throat> Yeah. Half the year almost, and it affects our relationships, our who we see, how much we are outside exercising a lot. I see so many people in LA who are thin as heck all all year round, and doing you know they take care of themselves in a different way out there as well. <laughs> yeah, it's um, I, yeah, huh, yeah. Um, but I, that, that, that and you never, you never, you know, lose lose perspective on that and I, I think that um, that kind of keeps you going that kind of keeps you going and you go yeah I could be shoveling snow in minus 30 right now and um, and how you're I'm blessed absolutely blessed to be down here well we're blessed yeah. to know you Rich I feel like <laughs> we've had we've chatted your ear off enough but thank you so much for your time today oh my gosh you really we are really inspired by you and how in, how passionate you are about a specific genre of art within acting and film so i think that's really cool that we got to talk to you about that it's the first time i've ever chatted with somebody ever about, <laughs> about shakespeare Good. so it kind of makes me feel like hmm, maybe i should go back and read something <laughs> you're inspiring me to do that also oh, thank you very much for your time no and uh we can't wait to hear about how you're play went in uh february yeah no i i will absolutely uh talk about this again and um and whenever you need me i'd uh, i'd love to come back and uh, and share my experiences of of being down here in la of course thank you so much rich <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> <laughs>